0: welcome to the rv podcast episode 392 and
1: in this episode we're going to give you five things count them five things you need to know about the rv lifestyle this week Welcome fellow travelers, it's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions,
0: sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information.
1: Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the RV Podcast. I'm Mike Wendland, and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. We're back in the studio in Michigan. Came back in, uh, oh, last night, driving back from Florida, where we've been for most of the past three months, and uh, as we speak now and we look out the window, it's snowing. Do you know how much snow has fallen so far this afternoon?
0: I would say two inches. No,
1: more like four already. And they're saying at least five before it's done. What's the matter with these weather people? Don't they know this is the middle of April? As if they have any say on it.
0: I we got to have somebody to blame, right? <laughs> I love the snow this time of year because usually it's big fluffy uh, flakes that stick to the trees and everything. That's really pretty. I think And it if is. you haven't made your snowman for the year or snow person, you can go out and do that. You can whack somebody with a snowball if you're so inclined.
1: We'll show it's you. It's not
0: going to last long.
1: Here, here, for those of you watching on YouTube, here's what it looks like outside. It is really pretty. And you can see Bo out there. Bo loves the snow, he says this is about it. He hated the Florida weather.
0: Bo doesn't want to go out in the snow, though, unless we're out there with
1: him. No, I noticed that. He's, <laughs> he, he I think has, he's been with us for three months, so he's like very dependent.
0: Yes. If he's, he's clingy. Yeah, if he's not with us, he's uh, not going to be
1: out there playing. And uh, We need some kids. We do need some kids. It's been a really weird uh, uh, w- winter and spring this year. I mean, every time we've expected weather to be a certain thing, it's been the opposite. I mean, 200 miles down the road, I was wearing shorts, and it was in the 70s, (laughs) and now it's back to winter clothes, but only temporarily. We did last night, uh, on the way back, uh, have to uh, pull into a rest area, and with the colder temperatures, we drained out all the fresh water. I don't think we had to completely winterize it, but I let the heat run in the unit in our driveway when we got here. Yeah,
0: I was trying to figure out, how many days should we delay our getting home and because of our schedule, we couldn't delay. Otherwise, we would would have just stayed south another
1: week. It has been. Well, we had a nice three months in Florida. and We used our base in Florida in the panhandle to sort of do some exploration. You've seen some of the videos we've done. But uh, in the last uh, three days, I think it's three, I can't, it's just one long day in my mind, but we have uh, covered uh, a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. We've been in six states. Mm -hmm. um, And... um, we have uh, done a story in Alabama, in northern Alabama. We found another one of those developments that are uh, that where they're selling land aimed uh, partially at RVers. It's really interesting. It's right on a whitewater I, river.
0: I really find it interesting seeing all these different lots that are available these days. I mean, I never paid any attention to it in the past, but it's- because of the shortage of uh, places to camp and things like that, I can see why there's a growing need. That, or that, opportunity.
1: That, that story about the shortage of camping, that'll be one of the five things we're gonna talk about a little bit later on. But I never expected when, when we first started doing these stories almost a year ago about RVers buying their land, that one, that we would end up buying five acres of our, cell, of our own in Tennessee. And that's where else we were this weekend. We uh, camped on our property to sort of check up on what's been done the last few weeks and um, to plan the next phase of our development there.
0: And Bo absolutely loves our property. If he could vote, he would stay in Tennessee rather than at a condo.
1: Yeah, he does Or like a Tennessee. park where
0: he can't run free.
1: You know, it's amazing. He seems to know the boundaries of our land too. He does. And uh, he thinks that we have like, uh, basically three sites that we've carved out now for ourselves and friends that we'll invite to camp with us. And he's like, Bo claims like one of those sites and he just sort of lies on it, <laughs> it's pretty funny. But anyway, that was what we did, and then we uh, got to celebrate Easter uh, with uh, family and friends. And no sooner did we get back, just now, as we were just a few hours before we recorded this podcast, um, in, in uh, this week I take off, uh, and we have to drive back to Louisville, Kentucky,
0: from Michigan,
1: from Michigan, four hundred miles one way, pick up uh, the truck. Uh, That we bought, we shared details on that with you last last week. We pick up the truck uh, and then uh, turn around and come 400 miles back, 800 miles, uh, because uh, we've got to get the hitch installed on that truck this week, and that's going to be done over in uh, Grand Rapids. And then that's uh, a bit
0: of a hike from our house. That's
1: across the Michigan, across the whole Lower Peninsula of Michigan. And then we, let's see, I can't even keep track of this. Then we get the hitch installed, then uh, we got to come back and we got to sort of pack up the truck. So it's going to be a challenge. Thinking of
0: what do we need?
1: I know, I've, got, I've been keeping this big list of all the stuff that we, we need. But um, we are got to pack up the truck and then somehow carry that all. We have an open bed in the truck and, and there's not a lot of room in the back. For I don't know how we're going to do that. Because then we go down to Goshen, Indiana, where we'll be next week. Uh, in fact, the podcast will be coming to you from Goshen, Indiana, and that's where we pick up our new fifth wheel and get a chance to uh, learn how it was built and actually walk through the plant. And then, um, and then we're going to go uh, back uh, uh, north. We're going to go to Camping World and buy the actually buy officially buy our new rig, and uh, we're going to do a shopping spree and accessorize it. And then we're going camping um, on Lake Michigan. So. I'm tired and we haven't even started yet.
0: (laughs) I've been thinking about this thinking, how much room is there in the back seat? Because I want to bring sheets and my pillow. I like my pillow and a blanket and... A few things I want to take with us.
1: Yep, we've all kind of learned bringing your own pillow is, uh, is really. No
0: matter where you go. Yeah. Even at someone else's house, take your own pillow.
1: So we have a lot of stories that we're going to be reporting on, a lot of videos. I know a lot of you are going to be writing, say, where's that property in Alabama? We'll have a whole video on that. We do have other trips planned. We are learning more and more about RV developments that are, you know, bigger hunks of property being sold for RVers. Uh, We're not talking about a campground that sells a lot or gives you a a seasonal ownership. We're looking at stuff that you actually buy and, and own and can kind of do what you want with the property. And we're hearing more and more about those places across the country, and we'll keep looking at them. I never thought we'd become kind of like the go-to person for inter- information about RV property, but we're how about learning about if it. If
0: people know of some property like that, if they that can we tell should check us. out.
1: Yeah, let us tell know because
0: we're all ears,
1: and it gives us an excuse to go camping. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of what we we're at. Um, one of the reasons we stopped by our Tennessee property uh, was for me to see how our Starlink satellite internet service would work there. And along those lines, um, it's not completely settled yet, but uh, it didn't. (laughs) Do
0: you see a future when you put it up on a pole or somehow can get it up off the ground?
1: Yeah, uh, because we're waiting for one part, a pipe adapter on a telescoping pole that'll get it up close to 20 feet above the ground. That will help. The problem with it is trees. Uh, We picked our property. In fact, we're thinking of calling it. The wildlands. I don't know what we've got to come up with a name for our property there, but one of the reasons we picked it is because it has all these beautiful trees. And uh, while we have a nice clearing to park the RVs and a kind of a common area for the where we'll make the fire pit and some benches and stuff, um, all those trees are getting in the way of the satellite. And I did a You're quick have to check. clear
0: cut no, our five acres. No,
1: the, the beauty is we really don't need the satellite, I just would like to be able to use it and show how it works there. But um, uh, we actually will have uh, fiber optic cable. Uh, they're about ready to run the electricity down our road, and we can run fiber optic in. But uh, I was uh, that is a factor when you're thinking about Starlink is trees because you do have to have a pretty clear view of the sky, and uh, you
0: need a lot of,
1: of yeah, a lot yeah. of
0: open space, not just a little. A now, lot. if I
1: had climbed up on the roof and actually put the it was it was raining too this weekend. If I climbed up there and And put the antenna up there and use this little app I have, I might have been able to do it to to have it work, but the weather wasn't conducive to that. Thank
0: you for not climbing up on the roof while it was raining. Yeah,
1: so it's it's crazy. Hey, we had a lot of reaction uh, to the story we did last week where we talked about exorbitant pricing on new and used trucks. Um, The used truck that we're buying is a 2021, has about 28,000 miles on it, and I am paying more than it cost new almost two years ago.
0: Now that does not make me happy.
1: Well, it doesn't that make doesn't me make happy. Me either. A happy camper. Yes, a happy trucker.
0: <laughs> I, I started thinking about this, and it just kind of made me think of like when there's going to be a hurricane, and people want to buy generators and wood and water and things to prepare for the hurricane. Yeah. We get after people for taking advantage of people
1: Well, during those times. Well, let, let's read some of the All responses, because right. we shared how when we were pricing new trucks, those we were going to do first. We found so many of these dealers, and I would say unscrupulous dealers, some of them. They're charging such exorbitant rates, some of them more than 20. The highest we found was they wanted $22,000 over MSRP. But it's not just us. We did that story. We reported it last week. You can go listen to that episode. But uh, you want to start off with some of the feedback we got from, okay. uh, from the readers and so viewers?
0: Here's, here's a note from uh, Kate. Unfortunately, this is just like everything else. All the big companies are taking full advantage of the profiteering opportunities. We know this because many companies are making record profits. I think that's the key thing right there. Record profits. I understand... You know, if there's a true need with trying to pay your bills, but record profits. Come I'm on, not, guys.
1: I'm not sure uh, that uh, that the automobile industry is making record profits. Now, some of the dealers, they're just refusing to uh, give any kind of a break. We found that they're charging from 5000 at the minimum over MSRP up to 22000 And I bet there are some that are even doing more than that. 22000 is is just exploitive, and it's it's, it's just unethical, in my opinion. But uh, on the other hand, they don't have the inventory, and they don't want to lay off employees, so they are going to charge more. Charging more would be MSRP, because before this all started, you never paid MSRP, nobody. They gave you thousands off, always. You know how it works. Well, now they're. I can understand having to pay MSRP so you can make a little bit more of a profit, But to add twenty thousand, here's one from Bill.
0: Okay, I got to ask this because this is the first I've heard that we're paying more (laughs) than the original sticker price. You back
1: to my used one?
0: Yeah. That's the thing. How much more over the original sticker price are we paying? You're not going to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, I don't think he's going to take me with him because he's totally afraid that I'm going to look at this truck and say no way. Okay, Uh, how much more than the sticker price? uh, You have to ask me this while
1: we're on. um, Yeah. It's stickered for seventy, a little over seventy, mm-hmm. and uh, we're paying about seventy-four for it. So, huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, uh, and
1: believe me, that's the best deal I could find on any of these things. Uh, it's not just us; it's all around. Here's one from Bill. He says I sold my 2003 F-150. Said it was a great truck, but it had 250,000 interstate miles. Folks offered me twice the book value for a vehicle uh, with half the miles. Uh, my air conditioner died a couple of days before I sold. No problem. The buyer said he'd figure it out. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, so um, he was offered twice the book value for a vehicle that had half the miles his did. Uh, uh, do you understand what he's saying? That, uh, they, somebody looked up the blue book value of uh, 2003 F50, and they offered twice the value of that for one that had uh, just 125,000 miles. Bill's got 250,000 miles on his. They offered him twice the Blue Book value. And his air conditioner broke, and they said, we don't care, we'll buy it anyway. That's how crazy it is in the used truck market.
0: I wonder how long this is gonna last.
1: Probably. Probably for, uh, certainly for another year since we've heard that Ford has quit taking orders for any of the heavy-duty trucks, so I, a long time. This tr- chip shortage thing isn't going to okay. go away. Okay, here, comes, okay, here
0: comes another one. I We really need a good investigative reporter out there who will really dig up. I know you keep telling me there's nobody out there with the money and everything that it takes to really... Now
1: it's tough, the, the media It's stuff. a
0: tough business, but we really but need somebody is, to check out. The point is, we read... That true. GM. True this story. is true. In 2017, stopped producing chips in Elkhart, in, Indiana. No, in Kokomo. Oh, Kokomo. Kokomo. The GM oh,
1: Kokomo. factory in Kokomo. They produced their own chips, and in 2017, they shut it down.
0: And sent and they the went business over to China. To China. Uh, I wonder how many other companies have done that instead of producing chips. Well, sent the business out of this country.
1: Well, it turns out in hindsight that wasn't a good idea. But anyway. Um, the result is 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 this a market uh, read the report from justin there all justin. right
0: justin says he justin is pleased with you for calling out these Thanks, cowboys justin. it's cowboys. an a- absolute disgrace that they're getting away with this and
1: they are getting away with this i i filed a complaint with ford motor company and they didn't really care they, no, they, don't they care. took it never heard back here's one from greg he says i saw a 2021 ford f-250 with 3,000 miles on the used lot of a dealer last september the website had a link to the window sticker for the truck. The dealer was asking then $11,000 over the window sticker for a used truck. Made me feel fortunate to pay full sticker for my 2021 F-250. Um, so there you go. $11,000 over window on a used truck. So I only paid about 4000 over sticker. So this... Crazy. I'm,
0: not, I'm not doing well with this at first i was being gracious but now i'm getting really mad
1: <laughs> well this has been a two-month odyssey and the good news is tomorrow i pick up the new truck new to us gently use ford f250 laramie diesel 4x4 and um and then uh, in a couple of days from there i'm going over to get the hitch installed and we'll post pictures and we'll share all of that with now you. the big
0: question will be next week will he allow me to go with him
1: no or
0: is he gonna lead me home because he knows I might get all uppity.
1: Men, what kind of a drive home would it would be if if the little lady's not happy? That's a long drive home. <laughs> it would be a pretty icy drive home. I think it's best I go bring it home and you can I
0: mean, go. I'm willing to go with you so that <laughs> I can help drive yeah, right. going <laughs> down. No, I would help drive and you could use that help. Yeah. But um coming home I've Gotta well, get comfortable in this. You'll find out big old next, rig. next
1: week. You'll see uh, next you coward. week. Howard. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm gonna go alone, I think. Uh, so we do have some we had some great feedback too on another topic we've talked about a lot, and it has to do with the importance of getting uh, if you buy a new RV, having it independently inspected, even if it's a new RV. And we got a great note from somebody named Kathy. You wanna share that? Yeah, this her note? is
0: this is really interesting. I also insisted on an RV inspector when my brand new travel trailer came in. They fought me all the way, trying to get me not to do the inspection. That'd be
1: the dealer. That's that the dealer. Fought. Yeah.
0: They even made several calls to my home prior uh, to uh, talk to me to uh, talk me out of this, and I said no. They even tried to buy my RV from me prior to me viewing it myself, <laughs> and again I said no. They did this because the prices went up after I had ordered mine long ago and they knew they could make more money. My unit also arrived with an off-road flat tire that they didn't tell me about. The inspector found scratches on the wheels, several wires on the interior were wired backwards, and there were a few other things as well. On top of all that... The dealership did not provide water, so none of my water lines, which didn't uh, did not turn out to, they did turn out to have quite a few leaks, uh, were inspected at that time. So they didn't want her to check the water lines.
1: So fortunately, she hired an inspector, and the inspector found all of this. And that is our our recommendation to you. Uh, to find the inspector go to the it's the uh, national rv inspectors associations the nrvia.org we'll put a link below and in the show notes for this episode at rvlifestyle.com
0: and that really makes you mad they don't want you to inspect it and they even don't want you to take it because if you cancel they can sell it for more money to somebody else
1: Folks, it's a crazy world out and there. And maybe,
0: maybe, well, don't they have to inspect it somewhere? I mean, they have to fix it somewhere along the line, don't Somebody's they? Somewhere along <laughs> the line. If you figure out that there's problems, issues.
1: Yeah, all right. Oh. Hey, well we come back, five things you need to know this week. About the RV lifestyle. Stay with us. Are you tired of overcrowded campgrounds, competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be for you. Jennifer and I recently bought some property just west of Nashville from a great company in Tennessee that specializes in large acreage RV property. They're called Tennessee Land and Lakes. You can check them out at MyRVLand.com. The scenery and the setting is breathtaking and you own it outright. It's not a timeshare. Your property, your way, you can garden, landscape, bring your pets, your friends. It's big acreage in a private setting. There's high-speed fiber optic internet connection along with utilities, a wonderful place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations and it's ready whenever you want to be there. Prices for big acreage start at only $79,900. Plus, you get us as your neighbors. There's financing available and some really friendly staff to work with. Visit MyRVLand.com. That is MyRVLand.com. You'll be glad you did. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battle Batteries. Battle Batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And Battle Batteries are protected by a 10-year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have, and they'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborne Battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries; they allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com/slash-lithium rvlifestylecom slash lithium.
0: Welcome back and now it's time for five things that you need to know this week.
1: Thing one to know this week and it's good news. Gasoline prices are starting to decline a little bit.
0: Just a little bit and there's some thought that uh, China isn't using as much gas as they normally do because many of their big cities are in total lockdown. People aren't allowed to go any place.
1: So that's lessened so, the demand, the worldwide demand for for fuel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's one thing. Uh,
1: the other thing um, is uh, uh, the U.S. has announced plans to release some oil from their strategic reserves over the last few next few months. That's good.
0: How much? Oil, do we have in those strategic reserves? I uh, didn't uh, think there was that much.
1: It's not going to last I mean, a long gonna... time, but every little uh, okay, bit okay. helps, I guess. Okay. They're also going to allow more of that E15 gasoline, which is made from ethanol, mm. and uh, that that's a lot cheaper. Uh, it also, though, makes for more smog, which will take us to another story in a minute. Um, but I think uh, gasoline is still very high. But we noticed it. We traveled through six states this week and we never paid more than 368 a gallon. Uh, that was the highest. We have uh, our, our, our Class C, travel uh, van's Wonder. It's on the Ford Transit chassis. Uh, it goes on, runs on 87 octane gas. So 365 368 That's about what we paid in six states as we drove. Uh, the national average Something like uh, just a a hair over $4 still for regular gasoline. So uh, gas prices cautiously starting to go down. Hopefully that'll continue. All right, what's thing two?
0: Okay, thing two. Uh, Several environmental groups are suing the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. They did that last week for failing to protect air quality in the nation's national parks.
1: That's a good thing to do. Um, If you've been to any of our national parks, you know, those sweeping... Uh, scenic vistas that we like to take. Oh, yeah, take. you can't see anything. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, they're hazy with fog. So yeah. the Sierra Club, mm-hmm. and uh, they got together with a whole bunch of other, dozens of other mm-hmm. uh, environmental groups, uh, and they say the EPA is not enforcing... Enforcing
0: something called the Regional Haze Rules of the Clean Air Act that requires states to submit plans to reduce emissions that create haze.
1: So there you go. They were due last summer, but 34 states, according to this lawsuit, just haven't done so. and put those plans in, and that's not good.
0: No, that's not good. And the National uh, Parks uh, Con- Conservation Association says the, uh, that haze affects 90% of the nation's national parks, and I think we all can agree with that, harming public health and uh, visitors' uh, wilderness experience,
1: Yep. So,
0: all not And good.
1: then then uh, there were things like wildfires the last few years, which have contributed to that haze as well. And, so. of
0: course, people know emissions and uh, coal plants, but wildfires, I think, have really been a problem. Yep.
1: So conservation groups trying to get the AP, EPA to, um, to get uh, stuff cleaned up a little bit. And mm-hmm. that's good, particularly for our national parks. Okay, thing three, thing three, you need to, you know, <laughs> thing three you need to know this week. Uh, this is a great little story. This is a cool thing. Uh, it's you know, always
0: fun to have a cool thing. Yeah. Okay. Did, did you guys uh, see the video of the uh, air inflatable pop up uh, trailer <laughs> out of Australia? The Australian designed off road camper called Mars Space X Air <laughs> looks sort of like an old pop up tent. So
1: we used to have one of those yeah. when the kids were young. Uh, but this is a camper. Yeah. And you push a couple of buttons, it unfolds into a pop up tent trailer with a pop-up screened in porch. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. And I don't know if we'll ever see this in the US, um, but sometimes it's just kind of fun to see what other countries are creating. We'll uh, put a link to it in the show notes that you can find at rvlifestyle.com or check, uh, check our description and, and we'll have a link and you can actually look at that video as well. All right, what's thing four that they need to know about this week? Thing
0: four. Uh, DIRT, a popular app for uh, camping, has released a study that found that it was uh, three times more difficult to find an available campsite to book in uh, 2021 than it was in 2019. And there's no indication that it's going to get any better this year. In fact, uh, they're sure it's going to get worse in 2022.
1: Yeah, everything we're hearing and seeing and uh, hearing and feedback is that it's going to be even harder this year. But the dirt looked at uh, seven different, seven types, different of, types of, of camping. Of camping, what camping? kind were they? They, were, they looked uh, at
0: tents, RVs, trailers, dispersed cabin, backpacking, and uh, moto, uh, camping. moto camping. Yeah. and uh, compared the difficulty of finding campsites from 2019 to 2021.
1: Six of the seven uh, categories more than doubled. People said in difficulty in getting a spot. Uh, the, the, those who trailer camped, uh, said, uh, 16% of campers said they had difficulty in 2019. 55% said they had difficulty last year. And that's pretty good. Uh, nearly half of all the campers surveyed, uh, said they were having trouble finding a, a, a site in 2021. Worst areas of the place?
0: Are, uh... West in the mountains, yeah. and uh, reported the most difficulty, that was 48%, followed by the uh, West Coast with 47%. And that's not much of a difference, 1%. And New England, that was the uh, least difficult region in which to book your camping spots, with just uh, 30 per- 37% of respondents encountering difficulty. So.
1: So campgrounds have had to get a little creative and the study says that as a result they're trying to find different times of the year to appeal to people. And the most popular, fastest growing, popular season besides summer is...
0: Winter camping. Winter camping really is fun. I think people didn't realize how much fun it was.
1: It's gone up 40%. Isn't that incredible? Uh, Since 2019. Uh, And then, of course, uh, dispersed camping, boondocking, uh, free camping on public lands, that's uh, more than doubled in 2021 Uh, we I get email all the time from people saying quit telling people about boondocking (laughs) and uh, we haven't even been pushing our boondocking books yet so because it's (laughs) it's getting harder to find good boondocking spots but But
0: telling people about winter camping that's fun
1: too all right all right, so number five, the last uh, of the five things you need to know about this week uh, has to do with the automo- with the RV capital of the world, Elkhart, Indiana, and its immediate environs. Oh,
0: man, they got trouble coming.
1: That's because Normal- Amazon yeah, is coming Amazon's to town. Yeah, Amazon's
0: coming to town, and normally it's good news when Amazon comes to town.
1: Yeah, they hire a lot of people. Yeah,
0: but the online shopping giant plans to build a huge multi-story regional warehouse in Elkhart, Indiana and it's causing worries and there should be worries amongst the people who are trying to build RVs because that's going to be a drain on the on the labor pool
1: in fact elkhart has probably the tightest job market in the country unemployment is just 1.7% that's all it is that's that's among the lowest anywhere you can't go anywhere in elkhart uh, and particularly around the RV plants, without help wanted, help wanted signs, and uh, it's uh, the Elkhart workers. They're they're getting them from Southeastern Michigan, from all over Northern Indiana. They still can't get enough. So when Amazon says it's going to come to town,
0: when Amazon comes to town, there's going to be they're going to need like about a thousand workers, and there already aren't enough workers.
1: So Amazon's going to you know pay top bucks. Yeah, they give them things like. Uh, Uh, They can pick their own hours at those Amazon, and they've got lots of great benefits. So that means that the automotive, uh, the RV industry is going to have to do even more to keep its employees. And what it all means to us?
0: What it all means to us is when you have to give more benefits and better health insurance and better wages and all that. That means
1: it gets passed along.
0: (laughs) The price is going to get passed along, and that the RV industry is going to have to charge more money.
1: There you go. All right. Five things that you needed to know about the RV lifestyle this week. When we come back, the questions of the week. Stay with us. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a camping world center. There are over 225 camping world locations across the country and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just on a shop. In fact. Uh, We have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it, as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10. When you buy $99 or more in merchandise, you'll find everything you want. From outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Welcome back, everybody. Time now for the questions of the week. we got two of them that we want to answer this week. You want to start with the first?
0: Okay, the first one comes from Joan, and she says, I want to do the Natchez Trace Trail. Have you considered leading a group caravan of it? I think it would be awesome. With all your knowledge and guidance, it would be a great experience.
1: Well, that's why we wrote the book, The (laughs) 7-Day Adventure Guide to the Natchez Trace. Uh, We'll put a link in the show notes and in the description, and you can find that. Uh, But Joan, we would be terrible tour guides in (laughs) an in-person caravan. Yes, I would be. Because I'm, I'm like, um, it's like I have ADD as we drive. And oh, look at that! And I'll pull over. Can you see like 30 people? What are we stopping here for? We're supposed to not. And the amount of organization we have to do. Moving yeah. on. Yeah, I don't want to see that today. Uh, it, it, oh my gosh, it would be it would be my worst nightmare to lead a caravan because, um, I could, oh all of the details. We've had people want to follow us along on some of our trips, and we say no because, well, it, it, we don't want to be responsible because for them. we don't know
0: where we're going to stop and start and when we're going to get hungry and, you know, what we're going to do.
1: Our, just, our slogan is, you know, your adventure awaits, the RV lifestyle. And we literally believe that. It could be on the next bend. So if it looks nice down that way, we're just turning. And to think that we'd have to tell 30 people in a row, oh, hey, we're stopping here is like we couldn't do it we would not be and
0: you know like even like a group tour like people go to israel and they get on a bus and get toured all around you could never do that and we've been fortunate that when we were in israel we were producing tv, TV video. Yeah, so yeah. we
1: saw all those we poor tourists yeah. stopped
0: and started and had a lot of freedom yeah that other people don't have
1: now we have thought there because there are companies that will do that and we would sort of be the guest hosts and all that sort of stuff on it and but even then, I think that it would be too constricting for us because we want to okay, tell stories. Me. I'd do it. You'd do it? I'd be happy. All right. Well, you can follow Jennifer. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to have two RVs. I'll follow the in the, <laughs> in the uh, fifth wheel. You can, <laughs> uh, but and is really kind of you to say that. But mm-hmm. we find that it's best that we write books and we sort of tell you everything we found and then you can do it at your own pace. Uh, we hope that you uh, pick up our, our copy of the Natchez Trace. It's it's one of the better travel guides I think that we've done. We've done 14 now in all. And uh, we're really excited about this. It's one of our favorite places. We were just on it this weekend again. Uh, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm thinking now about when we had a four-hour layover in London oh. and we were supposed to be sleeping and we were with a film crew and uh, you wanted to just go sit in a pub and look at people, what people observe, And luckily someone else and me we wanted to see everything so we saw everything we ran as fast as we could everywhere you
1: know the chevy chase vacation movie where they go up the grand canyon and they get up and they go okay and, and then they leave that's kind of the way this london I had a lot tour to was see, but- and i
0: didn't know if, and i haven't been back Yes, you have? Well, that was different. That was another adventure.
1: Yeah, we've been back to London a couple of times. But anyway, thank you, Joan, for thinking of that. But we would not be good caravan leaders. So check out our book (laughs) and you can can see it. Uh, Here's one that came in from Tina. And Tina says, "Uh, I like the size of a travel van. However, I'm six foot two. That's Tina that said that. Uh, And I uh, worry about being cramped. Do you have any suggestions on vans? And she thanks us much.
0: There are uh, a lot of vans out there that taller people. Yeah, can th- be well, there's
1: several that we mm-hmm. can suggest, but most, uh, about six, six two is the is the is usually the limit on most of the ones out there. The Class B vans. Uh, we do know of several who that have longer. The, the biggest one uh, for interior space is Pleasure Way. They have that new On Tour model on the Ford Transit system that they introduced a year or so ago. That has a whopping 6 foot 6 inches of interior headroom. That's awesome. Headroom. Yeah. Uh, and that's, a, that's uh, another one that, that's uh, the same height, six point six six foot 6 inches, is the Airstream Atlas, which is um, a very luxury van. as a Class C van, small van, but it's um, 6 foot 6 in size. There is the um, Leisure Travel Vans Unity and the Leisure Travel Vans Wonder. We've had both of those. Uh, they're a respectable 6.5, six, six feet, and a half inches So that would that would help you, and uh, the Winnebago Travato is over is six foot three inches. So um, there's the the four of them that we can suggest. There there are others that probably you can find. And there's one model we've seen at the Tampa RV show that even has more. It's like seven foot clearance, but I can't remember the name of it. Um, check out your vans. Uh, you can just always just search for any van you want and just search the name of the van and interior height, and you'll be able to get them. But it is hard. Uh, we hear that question fairly often uh, what do tall people do for a van? And uh, the secondary question is is the bed long? Enough? Yes. You got to find I was just that- going to say that. Yeah. So uh, whatever it is you want to go actually lie in it, stand in it, and walk around. Sometimes that. Stand in the shower? Yeah, in the shower. And sometimes that. Um, that headroom is less because they have a, a roof mounted air conditioner that hangs down a little bit, and you might bump your head on that. Um, you're probably used to ducking a little bit being six foot two, but uh, there are some RVs out there that have that have lots of room
0: that can accommodate you.
1: Yep, uh, you'll have much better luck in a fifth wheel uh, or a travel trailer, they have higher uh, interior heights, so um, you might want to think about that. But you say like a van and uh, you'll, you'll have a little lim- more limited choice with headroom in a van Tina let us know what you find out we'd love to uh, love to hear your thoughts on it well that's it to, uh, for another edition of the RV podcast wish me luck in going to get this uh, truck this week um, we'll let you know how that adventure shows turns up next week I'm feeling like we're living a soap opera here my dear uh, it's going to be a fun week I think Uh, and we would love to hear from you we'd love to hear your comments we'd love to get your questions Uh, our email address our personal email you can reach us anytime mike and jen at rvlifestyle.com thank you guys so much for watching
0: happy trails